Welcome to me talking Weird Al to you, the only podcast that wants to talk to everyone in the world about Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. My name is Dakota Rimmer, and this is our first ever mini-topic episode. Uh, my co-host Garrett's with me. Garrett, hell, how you doing? Man, I'm doing really good. Cool. Are you ready to enter into our first official mini-topic episode of this podcast? Yeah, I've even put on my tiny shirt and my tiny pants and a tiny hat to try and make myself feel mini, even though I am a grown man. I have a shirt with Minnie Mouse on it. No. Hey. So I'm, I'm thinking around the same vein, but uh, less so. Let's uh, so let's uh, to get into this episode. Let's jump into our our episode compressor. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Oh, oh, wow, this is, yeah, that's something else. What do you think about that? Wow, everything's so small in here, and it, it feels tight. Do you, does the air feel thinner as well? Yeah, and our voices sound hilarious. Wow. It, that's just a side effect, though. Our voices shouldn't, our voices shouldn't sound like this the whole episode. I like it. Nope, only about 27 seconds. Oh, there we go. Look, we're back already. Ah, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it looks like it's just, looks like, yeah. I was going to start singing Daniel Powder's uh, Bad Day if, if they'd lasted any longer. <laughs> 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 There's an early 2000 reference for the kids. <laughs> if you haven't heard that one, look it up. That yeah, was uh, that's a fun little time capsule. Um, we made, now, the point of this mini topic is just some sort of little, uh, you know, something related to Al's song or Al's life. Uh, anything in the Alaverse, the weird Alaverse, um, that we've noticed or that we wanted to point out that we thought deserved a little bit of talking about. But um, before we get to the main topic of our mini-topic, um, there was a promise that we made in a previous episode, Garrett, and that was uh, that we would listen back to School Cafeteria because we weren't fully prepared for uh, part two of Weird Al Yankovic, the album. Right. So did you do that? Did you do your due diligence and listen to that? Absolutely. Now... In my research, the only version of the song that I could listen to is not a fully-fledged song. So this song does not have a clean recording. Is that right? You know, I couldn't find a clean recording either. And I, I, like, I didn't... It's not on medium rarities. No, unfortunately it's not. Were you listening to the one that was labeled home version or home recording? I listened to, like, I think I listened to that one and I listened to a couple other versions, but all of them sound very similar. Yeah. The live one, maybe. It, it was weird because... Um, I thought that because Capitol put that out as a B-side to their version of My Bologna, you think there'd be a clean copy of it somewhere. I wonder if th- that has to be the version that's on the other side of it. Maybe. It sounds horrible, though. <laughs> yeah. The quality's not good. <laughs> it, it definitely sounds rustic. Yeah. Uh, like like a first attempt, like somebody who was just like... Like if you and I got behind our computer right now and we wanted to write a song and start recording using GarageBand... Like this is that it sounds like, like that. We should do that, by the way. I mean, you brought it up. One day we should just get behind the computer and use GarageBand and make a song. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, and we can be very famous, and make a lot of money. Oh heck yeah! What are we waiting for? Why haven't we already done that? If it's that easy. I don't know, man. It, I'm just choosing not to. I choose to live um, uh, less less lavishly so that I can kind of gain perspective. Live simply, so others yes. may simply live. I just don't want to taint myself with all of the luxuries of the rich and famous. Yeah. You're not Hilly Michaels. No. <laughs> so, quality aside, what did you think of School Cafeteria? In the context of Weird Al's first album, it's... I would not put it up there with one of the better tracks. It seems kind of run-of-the-mill. And I was really trying to think of somebody he was trying to emulate 
in the song, and it was really hard for me to peg because of the because of when the song like when uh, that album came out. Maybe a Billy Joel. Um, it definitely made me think of like cafeteria food growing up because I am 28 now and being like having those memories come back to like what food was like. Yeah. When I was in middle school and high school, it definitely was like felt like fake food and everything he sings about is like right on par, you know, like, so nothing's changed in school cafeterias in 30 years. Like what, like it had to have been like 10 years from when the song came out and when I was in uh, grade school. I think it's. I think it feels kind of like an Alan Sherman or like some of those, you know, some of those old like uh, Demento types that he would listen to growing up, and he, and he sounded very young in it. Like this was definitely, you know, an owl who is is still kind of in the school frame of mind, like you were saying. Here's your. Here's a good point to make. You you bring up Alan Sherman, and then you bring up um like a like Doctor Demento on his show. If you try to frame the context of the song listening to those versions on the internet as if Weird Al had stepped into the booth with with Demento and Demento said, sing me a song on the spot, Al. And he goes, okay, here I go. This sounds exactly like what that would sound like, I think. Sure. If you were to rip that audio from back in the 80s. It does. It does very much sound like. It sounds like a, a Dr. Demento style song. Yeah. Um, there was some good little comedy bits in it. Uh but not like you said, not more than you'd expect for someone who is, you know, just starting off. Like, and I think that's, I think maybe he realized that that he couldn't pin, he couldn't pin a style down, but he also couldn't, you know, maybe he wanted to flesh it out a little, a little further. Maybe he wanted to, I don't know. Maybe he thought he could recycle some bits and use it in other songs. Recycle the bits of the song, just like the food in that cafeteria sounds like it's recycled. <laughs> yeah, right on, right on point. He says something in there about artificially colored mold, dude. And that one got me. I thought that was a good line. <laughs> when I think of this song, my line, my mind goes straight to that line because I think that's like one of the best lines in the song. Yeah, because it's actually original. Like a, it's not something like aha, yeah, we've heard the thing before about any of those other school cafeteria puns and jokes but that one was like pretty original i thought that was good that and the two pounds of meat line you know two pounds of meat line i don't remember that one where he says that they can feed the entire school for x amount of time and just to think it only (laughs) takes two pounds that's almost two pounds of meat yeah yeah he makes a slick mcdonald's reference too i didn't catch it which what was it it was like um over two billion served or something you know on on mcdonald's signs they used to put over two billion served he says something like that I gotcha. And he also says, for later on, he makes kind of a kiss reference when he says, four million high school students can't be wrong. <laughs> Wasn't there a kiss album or something called 50 million kiss fans can't be wrong or something? I don't, the number's probably wrong, but there was something like that. The only kiss album I can name is Destroyer, but I don't doubt. I can't, I can't name any. I don't think that was an album as much as it was a campaign of theirs. I can't name a single kiss <laughs> album. Maybe. That would make sense, though, if he was trying to make a dig at them. But, I mean... The song is just kind of like what it is. It's a song about cafeteria yeah. food. It's got a couple of clever lines. Um, it's not a direct parody of anything, so it kind of does feel like a uh, just like an attempt at just playing a riff on like some uh, self-written riffs on the record uh, the accordion and threw some lyrics on it. Yeah, I have a question for you because of my um... sure. My ADD is kind of like taking me off off on a tangent. Did Faith Hill's This Kiss, was that her just holding up Kiss albums, asking her boyfriend which one he wanted? Yeah. Like, haven't you seen the music video? <laughs> no. See, that's why I was wondering. I'm not a big country fan, so I wasn't sure. Yeah. 
So what happens in the music video is she holds up the albums, and then as the like the main character, which is her in the music video, she goes on different dates. Uh, at one point, she gets to the point where she's introducing uh, her boyfriend or her potential boyfriend to like her friends, yeah. and she says, this, kiss, and this, kiss, and each time she says that, she pulls a different member of the band Kiss into the frame. Oh, okay, so they're just waiting So she off. cycles out, you know, Peter Chris. Uh, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and the Spaceman. Name three more. <laughs> you, you named more than I would have been able to. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> there probably is three more to name. Didn't they go through some lineup changes over the years? I don't. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think so. Oh. I think they had four members. As far as I know, there are four core members, and if they cycled in, I know that some of them did some solo stuff. I have an idea. Let's not look it up at all, because I don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about that. <laughs> I was surprised I pegged down Faith Hill. I was really pushing my boundaries when you started <laughs> naming members of Kiss. <laughs> uh, okay, so School Cafeteria, an okay track to hear once, but it, it doesn't belong in the album. Can we agree on that? Uh, if it were polished, I would think that it could make the track, or it could make the cut. But Definitely probably should have been on medium rarities. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Even even in the raw, mm-hmm. like what uh, what we were listening to on YouTube, I think that would have been a totally fine uh, Now, edition. perhaps he he also could not find whatever cop or whatever original recording or something, um, and so he's like, well, it's either this or re-record it, and it's not worth all that effort, so I'm just not going to include it because it's going to be a horrible version. That might be why it's not I on still there. would have loved to have gotten some recording of him just sitting at a microphone, singing it, playing it in its entirety, with no doesn't matter what it sounds like. I think anything he could put out now would sound better than what's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. It is. Uh, the song is not like, it's not going to change your opinion on if you love it right. or hate it, I don't think. Garrett, I, um, I recently... Uh, I have a bit of a beef. Sure. Speaking of cafeteria food, I got some beef. Yeah. Uh, so in case any old ladies are out there wondering where's the beef, it's right here, ladies. Um, I recently watched a movie on Netflix, a Netflix original, if you will, called The Polka King. Okay. Are you privy to this? I'm aware of it, yes. Okay. Guess what The Polka King is not about, Garrett? What's it not about? Weird Al Yankovic. (laughs) That? How? (laughs) I should have surmised that by the, uh, by, you know, like the thumbnail. Yeah. And, and everything, and by like, the, you know, at least probably by the cast. I was like, no, I'm going to hold out hope that Weird Al's going to show up in this movie. Zero Al appearances, Garrett. That's unbelievable. I cannot believe that they had the audacity to make a movie called The Polka King and not include Weird Al Yankovic, or at the very least, his non-relative Frankie Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a good joke in the movie. Like, we couldn't afford Weird Al, so we got Frankie. Like, there's a stage, is like, who do you think of when you hear polkas? Whose polkas do you love the best? Here it is. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Yankovic. It was just, <laughs> Frankie Yankovic walks out. <laughs> we can write movies. Let's do this. Let's write movies. That was That's all of a two minutes worth of a joke, but we can write movies. <laughs> Uh, fun. It's good though. I would recommend it. It's not. It's Jack Black, and you know Jack Black's a friend of Al's. And if you don't know anything that Jack Black's in, he was in uh, the uh, music video for Tacky. So there you go. There's your connection. Well, see, that's what doesn't make any more sense. Is that I think that they're 
amiable, like they're friends, friends, right? So yeah, probably they're both in comedy music. Who made this movie? I don't know. Netflix. I'm I'm looking this up. Let's keep talking, and I will continue to converse while we while I've at this. I like how I. I, I assumed that there's people out there that have never heard of Jack Black, and so I had to like make this tenuous connection. Like, if you're not aware of Jack Black, yeah, just think of that music video attack. You're like, oh, that man. That's what his name is. Oh, that guy. <laughs> you think there's anybody out there that falls under those parabola? I think so. <laughs> oh, the twerking man in the flame shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad how much I remember about that video. <laughs> it doesn't like these names don't look like they know. I don't know who this person is. Who is mm. this? Well, it was a good film nonetheless. A little bit of a biopic and uh, a good cast in it. Jenny Slate was in there. Yeah, it's good. Okay. I would watch it, but nothing to do with Weird Al, so take take heed, ye who are looking for everything Al-related. Polka King has nothing to do with our own personal polka lore, now, Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> in uh, the topic of movies and film, you have mentioned to me re- that you did recently watch How to Be a Latin Lover. Correct. How to be a Latin lover, baby. Yeah, I did. What were your thoughts on that? Because that uh, has Weird Al's appearance in it. Um, <laughs> a movie that is <laughs> not related to focus <laughs> at all or music. <laughs> the producer of that movie and the producer of Polka King were friends, and he's like, Whoa, you're producing a movie about Weird Al? He's like, No. <laughs> well, what do you mean? He's like, Your movie's going to be Polka King, right? And he's like, Yeah, there's no Weird Al in it. Why would you ask that? Fine, Gary. Since you're not putting Al in yours, I'll put him in mine. Dude, your your movie's not about polkas at all. It's about a Latin man no, who's trying to find love. They're, they're filming How to Be a Latin Lover, and he was like, I, I need a good cameo. And he ran into the producer of Polka King, and he was like, wait a minute. You don't have Weird Al? Right. Weird Al's available. I can get him. <laughs> I wonder. I think that Latin Lover is produced... Boy, I might be wrong about this, but you know what I'm not an expert on is what I'm about to talk about. I'm an expert on Weird Al. I think that it was produced by the same, um, by uh, Adam Sandler Studio. Ah. Or at least some, some something in, in tangential relationship with that. Um, and since Al was in Sandy Wexler, maybe on the same day they're like, hey, we also are doing this other movie and there's a birthday scene. Or I don't know. Maybe, I bet it was a friend of a friend who's like, let's put Al in this birthday scene, something like that. Who knows how it happened? Because that birthday scene could have totally not used Al. And to be quite honest, he wasn't really important to the scene. He didn't have lines. He only had it. Only had him singing. I'm, I'm by the way, major spoiler alerts for <laughs> as unneeded as it sounds like Weird Al was for this movie. To see that sounds awesome. Like to get to see Weird Al in a movie to playing Happy Birthday sounds incredible. Since we just got done talking about. Yeah, his first album. Oh, and the full band too. Don't 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 let me sell it short. The entire oh, okay. band is there. Uh, wow. Jim, Jay, Steve, and Ruben are all there with him. I'm sorry, Jim, Steve, Ruben. Wait, I I said that all completely wrong. <laughs> Hold on, John, okay. Jim, Steve, and Ruben. I said Jay instead of Steve J. My bad. And Jingleheimer Schmidt. And John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, yep. And Al, of course, <laughs> are all there for this scene. So it it makes even less sense that there's zero interaction. Like that, that means they paid the whole band a day's worth of recording dues, probably. That's crazy. Or however that works. I'm not a Hollywood guy, so. But yeah. It's probably on the soundtrack. I imagine so. But that cut of the song, I guess since they were together already and were recording it, um, an updated version made it on a medium rarities. Wow. And by updated, I just mean... Re-recorded. It's the they didn't change any lyrics or anything. Yeah, 
So, but that's all right. Okay. That's what we need of school cafeteria, just a re-recording. Uh, so you would say, if you really care about Weird Al in this movie, to just, to just YouTube the scene. Yeah. Well, that's what's weird is online, I think I saw it on YouTube, but I'm pretty sure Al or somebody linked to it. There is a video of of them playing the full song in that setting. Okay. That only has like one cutaway to the action of the movie, but the full song doesn't make the movie. And none of these other shots do. So that means they said, we're going to shoot y'all doing the entire song and then use what we need of it. Turns out what they needed of it was like one or two shots, like I said. Huh. Now, this was a few months ago I saw this, so I could be getting some stuff wrong. But I do remember his impact is incredibly small and has nothing to do with any of the main characters. Wow. It just so happens that Weird Al's at this party. I don't even know if anybody even mentions it. Maybe somebody says, hey, that's Weird Al. <laughs> but that's about it. You mean you got this nobody to play your birthday party? <laughs> Yeah, who's that? Who's that guy? That's no Faith Hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Wow. That's fun. That's good fun stuff. Okay. There's curious. Well, I have one more topping point, talking point before we get on to our mini topic, so I'm going to call this Garrett's mini, mini topic. Oh, yeah. So, yep. Let me move this Let me move this mini topic pan to the back burner real quick. Yeah. I don't want it to burn, but I want it to stay warm. So, I was listening through um, Shred Out of Linwood. Uh, recently, and I I came to the song. Uh, do I uh, do I creep you out? Yeah, and it's the cover of the uh, Taylor Hicks song. Do I make you proud? Yep. Have Have you listened to Do I Make You Proud? Yes. Okay. So if you look this song up, it is totally like one of those like graduation songs that you would see at like a high school graduation, or I don't know. Maybe a father-daughter dance could be this. It's just, like, overly sappy. And yeah, it's, it's American Idol material. Yeah. Because that's what Taylor Hicks was. Yeah, exactly. And I just could not wrap my mind around, why the heck was this a song that was covered? Because when I looked online, I, I went far enough. I went and looked and s- to see where Do I Make You Proud topped at on the Billboard chart for 2000. Oh, man. Well, 2010 maybe, some sometime around then, and it it peaked at number 99 on the top 100 uh-huh. for the year, which is crazy to me, because Weird Al typically like hits songs that will climb way higher in the charts, and so like I was trying to come up with all these different reasons why he would parody this song, and like like I kept thinking maybe this was a way that he could retroactively parody like Vitamin C's graduation song. As we go on, we remember, you know, that mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe he was like, oh, man, I should have hit that song. Or maybe he was thinking, uh, you know, this was the year. Uh, You're Beautiful was in the top ten on that Billboard year, and You're he did beautiful. parody that song. Yeah, but, but it, then it wasn't allowed to be put on the album. Exactly. So. so I was thinking maybe they needed to fill a spot on the album, and he was like, I got something for this that I started to do, so they just finished it out, and it made the album. Uh, hmm. uh, maybe maybe the song was actually like making fun of Taylor Hicks, because he was kind of a weird-looking guy, like with all the gray hair as young, <laughs> young as he was. Yeah. And, man, like I just couldn't... It still drives me crazy thinking about how that was a song that got parodied. Because something I'm going to be doing as we do our um, album reviews moving forward is like... I'm going to try and start looking at where the songs he parodied, like directly hit on the Billboard charts for the years they came out. Uh-huh. And I think what you'll notice is, 
like his hits are the ones that like songs that climbed really high into the charts, you know. But like like I said, like do I make you proud? Do I do I creep you out? Like it's an okay song, but it just was really driving me crazy thinking about. Hey, check this out. This is according to Wikipedia. Okay. After being denied permission to include your pitiful on the album, Yankovic wrote Do I Creep You Out and White and Nerdy to take its place, recording both on July 22nd, 2006. The rest of the album had been had been uh, recorded by, by that point. So uh, White and Nerdy and Do I Creep You Out were kind of afterthoughts, both of them were, which <laughs> White and Nerdy is the biggest, greatest afterthought in the history of afterthoughts. That <laughs> is why, like, I, like hand, uh, hand to God to our... Uh, podcast listeners, I did not look that up on YouTube. I believe you. Or uh, I'm sorry, Wikipedia. Yeah, that that does not like that is exactly what I wanted to hear for why the song was put on that <clears throat> album. It goes on to say the first of these is a play on "Do I Make You Proud" by Taylor Hicks, in which a singer addresses the object of his affection and stalking. The song was also Yankovic's jab at American Idol, a musical competition show that Hicks had won in May 2006. Uh, where's the jab to American Idol at? I got it. I got it right here because I have it written down. Like as I was listening to that song, okay, the very end of the song, you get this applause, like there's a like there's like a crowd in yeah, the recording. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it absolutely sounds like something that an American Idol audience would just like go crazy for. Like that's exactly like it makes the it makes the song way more appropriate and perfect. <laughs> in certain ways when you start looking at it from that, from that perspective. Yeah. And so we're really jumping ahead in our album retrospectives and uh, reviews because we're digging into this now. Um, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more when we finally get to Linwood. But yeah, like I just I had to get that off my chest and talk about it to somebody. And you and our listeners are the only people I have to talk to. So Oh, that was a little sad. It's okay. I'm not sad <laughs> because I have Weird Al in my heart. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. Uh, this, according to Al, um, back in 2006, he talked to MTV, and he talked him through all 12 tracks of Straight Outta Linwood. Uh, I don't know if this is going to uh, change anything we've already said, but I'm just going to go ahead and read it. This is a Taylor Hicks parody of his song, Do I Make You Proud? Just one of the many, many stalker songs in my oeuvre. I had to have some kind of allusion to the show on this album, and the timing worked out to the point that I was able to sneak that song on the album at the very last minute. So he wanted to allude. He thought that uh, American Idol was such a big thing in uh, pop culture that he's like, I got to have an allusion to it. That's that's in his own words. And he found himself lucky enough. So maybe maybe he went through the other the other hits or the other like so- singles and stuff by the people who were on that year because I don't remember if Taylor Hicks won or if he was the runner-up. But like you said, I- I'd never heard Do I Make You Proud until after I heard it for... Uh, Weird Al purposes. It was such a to me. It would seem like such a non-hit, but may, maybe we just don't know. I really. I mean, I was a senior then. I was a senior in high school then. Actually, by that point, I'd gra- well, I don't know what time it was released, but that would have been around my senior year of high school. So it seems like I would know about that song. I don't know how many. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> how many American Idol singles or artists can you name? Like people who have won American Idol, how many of them can you name? Like one all the way, or came in second at least. I will. You can name the so you can name the runner up, but I'll let you go ahead and start listing off winners and runners up. Okay, the first year was Kelly Clarkson with uh, Justin Garini sure. because of that amazing film from Justin to Kelly. Yes. <laughs> the uh, 
the, se- the second year was, oh boy, a guy I, th- I think is now gay. I think his name is yes. Cl- Clay Aiken. Boom. And uh, Ruben stuttered. But I think Ruben stuttered won, yep. and Clay Aiken didn't. And whose name do you know better now? <laughs> uh, year three. That's all. <laughs> That's it. That's all I know. <laughs> As you can tell, my my parents well, were big fans. After that, once I moved out of the house, I had nothing else to do do with that show. Was that was that Chris Daughtry's year? I don't know. I think he was three or four or something like that. Yeah. Well, so it, I, I could name the people you listed off. I can name Taylor Hicks from Weird Al, and I could name Chris Daughtry. Uh, I think there's a um a, a Chad Kroger Chad Kroger looking guy named Bucky. Oh, but, and uh, oh, what is his name? Are you sure it's not Bo something? Could be. I have no idea, man. What is his name? Man, it's right there on the tip of my tongue. It doesn't. There was Philip Phillips. This is totally not relevant. But Do you remember Philip? Yeah, <laughs> Philip Phillips. Sure. Just popped in my memory. Yeah. What is that? But idiot's name. But I can't remember. <laughs> the point we're trying to make is that, like, maybe you, like somebody out there in the pop culture zeitgeist, might be able to, <laughs> like, somebody's aware of American Idol, but uh, the. Like, Maybe Weird Al thinks that it's a much bigger thing to his audience or just pop culture in general. Like the idea and like like American Idol as a thing is people are aware of that, but like the actual faces and the songs, yeah, people are not so much aware of, right? Yeah. By the way, it was Bucky Covington. <laughs> there it was. And then Nailed it. I was thinking of Bo Bice. Oh yeah. Uh, I have a question. Was was Carrie Underwood an American Idol? Maybe that sounds right because she's huge, but I think she's more huge for people like us who live in 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 and around Nashville because of her ties into the Nashville scene and uh, and like well with the Preds and stuff. Yeah, yes, she was the winner of American Idol season four. Carrie Underwood. Okay. Wow, I think she's kind of surpassed. American Idol status because I didn't even I don't think I even re- remembered that she was on there. Well, I didn't obviously. I just asked that question. That's crazy. Yeah, she's huge yeah, around here. But I mean, how many seasons of American Idol have there been now? We're going on like fifteen seasons. Well, now, yeah, right? and, and they're rebooting it now with all different people. Yeah, it's about to come back. So it's stuck around for a long time. There's an audience, but I guess. you and I are clearly not a part of that audience. I'm more yeah. of a voice guy myself. Just like Rivers Como said, turn off those singing competition shows. Also, FYI to our audience, I I hate the voice. I don't care about any of these singing competitions. Yeah. I just said that. I don't think there's any good ones either. No. Not really. Well, this is where we are. <laughs> anyway, but yep. go like we we're going to move forward from the Taylor Hicks discussion and mm-hmm. table that until we finally get to uh straight out of Linwood. Well, no, what do you think about Do I Creep You Out? Yeah, it's still not really growing on me because the song oh, the the parody? Uh, it's okay, but I like it a lot. I will say this, I've had another moment where the um I was listening like a a Weird Al song led me onto another song that I actually like a whole lot. So you know how I've come on and said that like I listened to um, I think I'm a clone now, and I went and listened to uh, I think we're alone now, <laughs> yeah. and now like that's one of my favorite songs of all time. Like that song's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the exact same thing happened to the plumbing song and uh, blame um, yeah, blame it on the rain by Millie Vanilli. Oh really? Say what you will about as fake of a band of uh, Millie Vanilli, like they will be, they are. But blame it on the rain is 
is a fantastic track. Mm-hmm. Not ironically. Garrett, Garrett, Garrett. And I have a much deeper appreciation for the plumbing song now. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should do then, because we know I notoriously hate that song. <laughs> yes, you've you're you've been on the podcast before saying you don't like the plumbing song, but I I think if you revisit it and also go listen to um, "Don't Forget My Number" and "Blame It on the Rain" by Millie mm-hmm. Vanilli, uh, you it might change your mind, my friend. Oh, is it? Don't don't forget my number. I think so. Yeah, I thought it was. Can I get your? I see. I don't even know. I guess I should. That's irresponsible of me to not cross refer, cross check the uh, original. Well, we haven't gotten to we haven't gotten to off the deep end yet, so I'll give you a pass. Okay, I appreciate that, sir. You're very kind. Yeah, and you were the source between you and Adam on your first go through. So you know, some years have gone by, and I I think okay. if you revisit I'll, it, I will do that. I needed something to do for the rest of the night after we record. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go on to our mini topic, the, the, the title topic of this episode, if you will, Garrett. Okay. Mini topic. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to spur you with this question. Garrett, what is so funny about grout? Uh. What, what, what is, what's the comedic, the, what, what's the comedy secret surrounding grout? Why is grout so dang funny? I guess it's a unique word. I mean, do you think it's funny? Not not as much as like I'm trying to think of words that I'm trying to an think iron, of, an iron lung. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to think of words that make me laugh inherently. You think that there's singular words out there that make you laugh just hearing a word? There have to be. I can't I think of any, any on top of my head right now, but there there are words hmm. that sound funny. Uh, uvula, maybe that's one. <laughs> Anytime like I, this is uh Retro Garrett humor. Anytime I watched Anchorman and he screams, hit him in the uvula. Like, for some reason, that was hilarious to me. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uvula. Uvula. I can't even say it now. Uvula is a pretty funny word. <laughs> what about pituitary? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Most body part words are pretty funny. Anyway, Al, <laughs> Al, seems, to th- <laughs> Al seems to think that grout's a funny word. Um, I noticed, you know... Going back now that we're doing uh, more of a deep dive on all, all of his stuff, we're starting to notice some trends. We're seeing uh, a young Weird Al mature. We're going to be seeing that more as we go, how he tackles different issues that affect a different kind of man uh, as he gets older. We're going to see things that will always resurface, like stalking, for example, just came up. I think that um, I think he does that a couple times in every decade of his music. Um, just because I guess stalking is kind of funny. Um, well, the a stalker. Most of the traits surrounding a stalker is funny. Let me take that back before I get in hot water. Uh, you can easily make fun of stalkers because you're li- literally there is no victim when you're making fun of a stalker. Well, yeah. Now there's a victim in stalking, but that's a different story. And you feel like the stalker kind of has it coming. Like you are exactly. you are shaming you are shaming a negative behavior. <laughs> yep. By 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 building a character who is who disturbs you and shall I say <laughs> creeps you out. Uh, Here we go. You're making a stalker funny and you're making people you're you're giving people something to point and laugh at when stalkers for the most part have it coming. I I don't know I fail to see a situation in which stalking's good, but just in case, I'm going to say for the most part. So um, maybe, maybe the deeper thing we need to be looking at is the question behind the question of why we think like the stalking topic is so funny. Let's think 
maybe it's Al shunning bad behavior more so. Like, you know how, like, he shuns the stalker. He shuns the nose picker and boogers. He shuns poor grammar users. Hmm. For some reason, it feels like he's shunning the blue-collar worker in a lot of his songs, but... No, 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 no. I don't think he shuns the blue-collar worker as much as he sympathizes with them. Take the t- take the lead character from uh, Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Okay. He's not making fun of that guy as much as he's... Um, oh, oh, I'm glad you representing, mentioned that. Representing that guy. I have, I have a tangent to go off to on another uh, piece of this mini-topic when mentioning... Uh, twine ball, but continue. Sorry. Shall I remind you of it later? I'll, I'll be good. Okay. <laughs> what I was getting at though was that Al thought Grout was so funny that he mentions it in four different songs. Garrett, Whoa. a word that most people don't think of is mentioned in four different Weird Al songs. Okay. Now we you have easy stuff like that he loves to mention, like twenty seven's an easy one. Yeah. It it began as an accident, like he didn't mean to constantly reference it, but then after people started to notice it because. Uh, 27 has a very s- specific cadence, and it's that's a four-syllable number word. Uh, you, d- you don't get a lot of those. So he, he started to use that more. I mean, he it just naturally would happen because um, he needed to, fill it, to do a thing, and it's kind of a funny-sounding amount of things uh, that you don't think about a lot. It's not a very even number like 20 or 10. And so 27 happened a lot. Food. He talks about food a lot because it's very graspable for people. He talks about TV, uh, unrequited love. Those are easy tropes for him. But there are some things more, and I don't even mean tropes, I mean specific words. We're going to move away from things like stalking and food, but we're going to look at specific words and phrases that he used. And I have four that I think are hilarious because of how often they were used. And the first one is grout. What is so funny about grout to Weird Al Yankovic? You think it's that it's so e- that it's just really easy to rhyme? Yeah, very, very possibly. I think maybe he's uh, shunning grout in general because have you ever grouted before? No, I mean I know what it is and everything, but no, I've never done it myself. It is absolutely miserable. Oh, I'm sure. I've had to clean my mom's grout at our house uh, back in my hometown. Oh, I've cleaned grout. I've just never like installed grout or what. <laughs> Like, put in grout. It's dirty. Yeah. There's no way to install it without getting a little dirty. Uh, you do need to be somewhat of a craftsman, you know. Sure. Other than that, I can't figure out other than maybe it's like... Well, maybe it stems back to what you were saying. He likes to speak for the everyman. And, you know, Handyman, one of the songs that it, it's mentioned in is a song about Handyman. Sure. Uh, so it's just going to naturally come up. It's already an easy word to rhyme, like we said. It's a little bit of a funny thing because you don't think about it. It's related to bathrooms. It's basically bathroom humor. Um, if you're talking about bathroom grout, which he does a lot. And so it's just kind of in his, uh, it's kind of already in his headspace. Yeah. So what I want to do, Garrett, as I talk about these four things, I want to see if you can name the songs that they appear in. Grout has is in four songs. Do you think you can name all four? Oh, no way. <laughs> There's no way I can name all four. I could Come on, probably try. get uh, Handy. Handy's one. Plumbing song. No, Grout is not in the plumbing song. Huh. At this point, I'm just guessing. If you want me to end this painful thing for you, I can. Uh, it's in Confessions Part 3. Oh, yeah, I would have never guessed that. He apologizes for using using the toothbrush to clean off the bathroom grout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in Spam. He said, use it for plumbing or bathroom grout. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
And then it's in hardware store. It's in the long list of things he names. Absolutely should have gotten it that says, one. It says grout and spackle, something tackle, something like Easy. that. Easy, yeah. Yep. Now, in in hardware store, it makes a lot of sense that that one could have been because it's a one-syllable word and because it's easy to, ri- yep. uh, easy to rhyme. Even though grout's not the rhyming word in that uh, spackle is <laughs> so well that's great that he he, he maybe the, he's already undermined our premise <laughs> well maybe the single syllable helped as he was sure. rattling off and he's rapping almost yeah uh, but it doesn't make any sense in confessions part three or spam like you don't naturally come to those to that like i said brain space grout does look like spam yeah but still it's amazing that he that he managed to do that four times do you think when he's doing that do you think his mind makes the joke and then he goes, oh, grout again? Or do you think his mind makes the joke and he's just like, okay with it? I mean, or do you think he does it on purpose? So he's like, I got to reference grout. I think it keeps coming up because he thinks it's funny and maybe he is. Mm-hmm. And later in life, he's noticed it after like two yeah. uses. And so, so it's not entirely intentional. Maybe he thinks that. It, it's all, it's all, all those songs are spaced out too, if you think about it. Like, there's there aren't. Songs that were released within a couple albums of each other, I don't think, between like Spam, Handy, and Hardware Store, I don't. They they are all later albums, but yeah, they're they're there's some yeah they're pretty spaced out. Sure. So yeah, I just thought that was funny. Um, the second phrase, and we actually touched on this, so this is gonna be easier for you. The second phrase, I thought it'd be weird to bring it up so many times. Yeah. Uh, was the checks in the mail. Which appears, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, which appears in two songs on his first album. It appears in both "Stop Dragging My Car Around" and in uh, "The Checks in the Mail." Yep. The third song comes a little bit later, and it's "Alimony." That was a that was a young men's joke, though, because mm-hmm. uh, in the early '90s, late '90s, that went like the having to mail in checks is yeah, kind of gone away. Yeah. What about this, Garrett? This one's a little more accessible for you. Twinkies. Hmm. How many times would you think he referenced Twinkies? First of all, hmm. Can you think of Can you think of any Twinkies? <laughs> I know he's referenced it before, but I cannot peg. Four times, Garrett. Wow. Four Twinkies. You have Buckingham Blues. He talks about how the royal family is not eating Twinkies. Yep. You have it in White Stuff. Uh, Twinkies and Ding Dongs won't do. You have it in Grapefruit Diet. He says something like, uh, lay off the Twinkies and, suf- nope, nope, fudge and Twinkies and deviled ham. That's what he says. And then in Virus Alert, he says, uh, a bunch, leaves a bunch of Twinkie wrappers all over the place. Wow. Now, let me ask you this, because this one goes the other way from Grout, I think. Is there something inherently funny about Twinkies? Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I think Twinkie, it's a funny word. It's a funny thing. Everybody can get there to it you know and he likes he likes to talk about junk food he likes to talk about food in general but i you know twinkie is just a funny food i'm going to turn to a little bit of blue humor and my immature side yeah but twinkie contains the word winky (laughs) well it's also sort of a phallic food (laughs) (laughs) what if we what if we've been calling twinkies the wrong thing like uh, for all these years and initially it was a t-winky a (laughs) t-winky And they were supposed to be T-Winkies, and somebody forgot that hyphen. Oh, Lord. And he's like, well, now we got to do that. What could, like, if it if, if it was... T-Winkies. If it was T-Winky, what would the T stand for? Like, um... Uh, treat. Yeah, there you go. Treat Winky. It's a treat Winky shaped... Winky. 
Oh, we're like we're like twelve year old. There's no, I'm telling you, you just discovered a word that inherently will make you laugh. Now it's just winky. Oh yeah, sure. Oh Lord, treat winky. <laughs> oh jeez, Garrett, the the cousin of the uh, of the of the tea winky. I'm never gonna be able to eat him again. Now that's the problem. You've ruined Twinkies for me. <laughs> I think you mean tea winkies. <laughs> When Carol gets home, uh, you know, without any explanation, I'm like, hey, do you, just, do you happen to know what the T in Twinkie stands for? Like, <laughs> like it's always been hyphenated. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. Please ask Sarah that, okay? And I'll ask Carol, and we'll report back on the next episode with our findings. <laughs> just, like, completely serious. Hey, what's the treat? What's the T in T-Winkie stand for? <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's fun if we're laughing the audience is laughing can we assume that much i think so okay i hope I, so uh, hopefully yeah they're probably like, super annoyed all right move on <laughs> pardon me that got that got me really good it's taken us it's taken us that many years to <laughs> to finally get a, <laughs> to get a laugh that hard oh jeez. all right the last one i was wanted to tell you about this one has five appearances garrett hamster Hamsters make five appearances that I found. Any, by the way, any one of these could make more appearances. These are the ones I came up with immediately, and I have a pretty good owl knowledge. But there could be more Twinkies or Checks or Grout. But hamsters, I found five different times. Garrett. Okay, I know for a fact I can name one of these. I think you can name three very easily. But go ahead. Okay, radioactive hamsters. Yes. Uh, Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Harvey the Wonder Hamster is one. Uh. Harvey makes an appearance in another song, so that should make it really easy what? for you. Oh, the Weird Al theme show? Yep. Okay, wait. The other two are hard, very hard. Okay, go ahead and give them to me. It's a hardware store again, because he says hamster cages. Ah! Oh, and then God. in uh, You Make Me. Okay, yeah. In that long list of things that the person makes him does, he brings up hamsters. So there you go. I think, and you know what? I, I agree with him on that too. He also likes to bring up poodles. If there's, if there has to be a funniest breed of dog, both in looks and in name, I think poodles pretty close to the top. They're up there with like pugs and and those ones that look like mops from the cover of Beck's Odelay. And if is that a Sharpay? No, it's got a. It's a weird like uh, regional like like the name of it is. Here we go. I'm gonna Google it. Dog that. <laughs> Looks <laughs> like a because <laughs> its name is like where it's from. Oh, I'm wrong. It's a Commodore. <laughs> I thought it. I thought it was like a Swiss something, or like I thought it was like the name of it was like where it was from, and then a word, right? Kind of like a German Shepherd. Okay. Nope. It's just called a Commodore, huh? Oh, there it is. Hungarian. I knew it. Hungarian common Commodore. There you go. Not to be confused with a Commodore, the bird. That would be. Oh yeah. It'd be bad if you ordered one of those and got a bird. Are you sure you're not thinking of a Condor? <laughs> oh, what's a Commodore? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of a Commodore 64. <laughs> it's really neato. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what kind of chip you got in there? A Dorito. Uh. Yeah. uh <laughs> so you've listed off some things you've noticed. Did we noticed. both just get really? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Don't think I'm gonna leave that awkward moment in the dust. Did we both just get really embarrassed that we referenced Weird Al on a Weird Al podcast? Oh, I wasn't embarrassed. <laughs> okay, good. Just I just thought it. it was so on the nose. Yep. It just was bound to happen. And we needed to move on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you noticed a few things. Like, the things that I had, like, when you 
posed this mini topic to me in our uh, our text um, yeah conversation. I was started thinking about things that I've noticed, and I don't know if this is a trope that you would start pointing out, like in our um, album discussions, but socially awkward people as a source of humor. So, like where we were talking about negative behavior being shunned in his um, his songs. So, like something like "Do I Creep You Out" or "Melanie" or "Jackson Park Express" all talk about people that are creepy. Okay, and so like it's it's kind of like. Maybe he's making fun of himself. Maybe he thinks of himself as kind of like a, or a creepy dude. Or maybe like he knew kids that were extremely nerdy and creepy. And he's making fun of that because maybe his audience sympathizes a little bit with that. And understands what he's talking about yeah. with a creeper. But like socially, I think social awkwardness is something that really hits home with any of the Weird Al like, yep. uh, audience, you know? I think it's I think it's definitely something that any of us at any point in our life, and you don't even have to be a nerd to deal with social awkwardness. Like it can take, yeah. it can just take like something at an event that makes it awkward for everybody. Uh, sure. Yeah. Like somebody spit, like somebody spills something, and like nobody knows what to do, like something like that. But like that just seems to be something that comes up very co- like something that's easy to dig at in like humor, like in his songs. Mm-hmm. Um, the name Larry. He like he loves that name. Oh dang! I thought you know what I almost included Larry too, but I couldn't find as many examples as I thought I did. I've only got two, but but, but yeah, he does use it a few times. I've got uh, I re- he has a he has a song. I remember Larry, and then he references the name Larry in Trapped in the Drive Thru as like his. Uh, I think my says, cousin Larry. Yeah, my cousin Larry, and then um, my last thing I've got is like the specific profession of uh, plumbing. Yes, like. He thinks plumbing is one of the funniest things in the world, but because like, he references it in, in Trapped in the Drive Through, he's got a song dedicated to it. He talks about, I think he talks about plumbing in Handy. Yep, and in hard, uh, Hardware anytime. Store. Yeah, like he, plumbing uh, is a funny topic. Uh, in Spam, he says use it for plumbing or bathroom grout. He also references yeah. it in um, Jeopardy. One of the three contestants was a plumber. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And an architect, both with a PhD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and the the real ironic thing here is that, like, as a blue collar, as a uh, most plumbers are independent contractors and make a, a lot of money for that profession because they're they have to be licensed, and then they can charge whatever they want to, and it's typically an hourly rate, so they can go and work for as long as they need to to fix a problem because the person they're fixing a problem for typically doesn't know how long it takes to fix something, you know, so they can take the time. Do you think that the um, the PhD owned that that the plum the plumber had in I Lost on Jeopardy was actually just a a plunger handle dispenser? <laughs> because have you ever seen one of these? It's like because you know when you're using a plunger a lot, especially back when they were mostly wood, as they would have been back then. Yeah, those things break after a while, and he's using a plunger all day. I, I would say every job that a plumber does in a day. Maybe ninety percent of them, it's just a plunging issue, and so you can plunge it. And they're constantly breaking those, so they have a dispenser built into their plumbing vans that just dispenses plunger handles. So maybe his PhD was actually just a plunger handle handle dispenser. Is that a real thing? No, <laughs> dude. You, I swear, I thought you were describing the realest thing that I've never been aware of. I was trying to sell it as best I could. You did. Oh, good. Unreal. <laughs> but I think we have definitely... 
I think you've made a very good point with this mini topic thing where there are those tropes that everybody will notice in Weird Al's music from like from top to bottom, you know, yep. like food and uh TV stalking. Shoot. A burps. Awkward love. Yeah, yeah TV stalking. Yeah, all that stuff. But there's a there yeah, there is a there's another layer to it where like it's it there's more subtle Oh yeah, subtle themes. That, you know, it was part part of the reasoning behind this episode was to justify keeping a trope list or a tropometer as we go anyway, <clears throat> so that people could realize, oh, there really is a lot that he harkens back to, not just the obvious things, and not just themes, but actual physical words sometimes, names, places, uh, types of people. But the point, very specifically, of this one was actual words, grout and plumber and check and. Or not check, checks in the mail, stuff like that. And so I wanted to kind of further justify keeping that trope thing going. And as we go, people see, oh, wow, there is a lot of, you know, he has his ticks, and, th- and there's nothing wrong with that. That makes it that makes it seem like we're saying that he is easy to guess or he's some of, some of what he does is tired, and it really isn't. He just knows what works and what's funny. And also, every artist needs to have their inside things. Like his 27 thing is a, a thing that, uh, you know, not even hardcore, but like even just above casual fans love to be like, oh yeah, 27, 27. So it's kind of like, it's just an inner thing. And I think joining hands with that 27 thing is some of these other things that we're going to see as we continue going through these albums. So I think all we're doing is just uncovering the science because he's an extremely smart person. We know that he is a, has a pro as a, um, he's, he's very smart, like mathematically in nature. Mm-hmm. And so, like, somebody like that is going to recognize patterns, like, better than other people, if you do, like, tend to think that way. And so, like, by us noticing his tropes and these underlying themes that just keep coming up, like, you can clearly see that there is a pattern that he's following that that leads to success. And when you break it down that way, seeing how this person has made their career and made like become uh, like the success that he's become it it's it it becomes more understandable from that perspective yep and if that plumbing handle dispenser plunging handle dispenser doesn't lend us that interview with al i don't know what is <laughs> we're just going to invent it that's a genius idea <laughs> well i mean just that just uh, <laughs> just being like Hey, is that why you, how you justified giving a plumber a PhD? <laughs> We're gonna keep trying that. If you have, if you're listening to this and you know a way to help us, you know, tweet at Al, remind him about the show, remind him about uh, his trip to Nashville on this upcoming tour, and how we'll be at his Chattanooga show, or how we live close to Nashville so we can meet him at his Nashville show. Help us to reach our goal of talking to him. Um, Check us out over on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Weird Mountain Podcast. That's the network we're on, the Weird Mountain Network. Uh, we can talk about this show or the other shows we have. One of them is Garrett's Binge in Moderation, uh, where him and his buddy Dennis McGee talk about TV and movies and stuff like that. Uh, the other show on this network is Weird Mountain, uh, the, the title show of the network, where we talk about everything, mostly weird stuff. Um, and continue listening to us. Our next episode we is going to have to come out very soon after this one because... Uh, A, that's just how it should be in the first place, but B, there's so much Al news that it's going to just become like a an avalanche if we don't get to it. Like Al's been very, very busy, and there's a lot of speculation, too, that we need to make about some things we've seen. Plus, with him going on tour soon, we just need to stay 
uh, abreast, if you will, of Owl's comings and goings. Wow, that's a dirty, dirty sentence, boys and girls. <laughs> you know... Uh, Garrett, please talk. I'm falling apart. You know, with the self-indulgent tour coming up... Yes. As he starts making his rounds... Mm-hmm. Do you think we should start having a small section where we talk about the playlists as they surface? Yeah, if people start posting those playlists where we can see them, we definitely need to do something with that. Yeah, so all the listeners out there, um, if you've got tickets to this show, the wherever you're at, let keep us in the loop of the kind of songs that you're seeing him perform. Like We are very interested to see the kind of show that we're in for when he comes to Chattanooga and Nashville in Tennessee, so... Oh, and I should say this, um, friend of the show, Nathan Rabin, who wrote, who co-wrote Weird Al the book, handpicked by Weird Al himself, and is currently working on the Weird Accordion to Al, uh, a two or three week times weekly article in which he goes over every Weird Al song in chronological order and does a really, oh, probably a deeper dive than we are, because he's just, he's a prolific writer. Uh, so he's gonna he you know he's just, that's just how he's gonna do. He's going way in depth on all these songs and seems to know some more about it than we because he's a friend of Al's. Um, he is f- currently funding a trip to visit Al on as many legs of his tour as he can. The details about that are uh, in the uh, GoFundMe that I'm about to tell you about. But his GoFundMe is a uh, boy. I don't have the title in front of me, but go look up. Go to NathanRaven.com. And you, uh, he'll link there or follow, find him on Twitter at Nathan Rabin. And he is trying to go fund me a, uh, a trip in which he can see Al as many times on this tour. And the lowest thing on that, if you do that, I think we did the $30 one, you will get a copy of the book once it's done, The Weird Accordion Al, in which he's going to compile all of these write-ups he's doing on every single song and even more stuff. He's going to he said he's going to add stuff about the videos and books and stuff. He's going to just do this comprehensive, exhaustive compendium of every piece of Weird Al media that's out there, or at least almost all of them, probably all of them, because it's, you know, he's a thorough guy. Uh, and the way to get that is to give to this GoFundMe, help him see Al even more. And we hope to see uh, Nathan Rabin when we go to see Al in Chattanooga, as well as our good friend Ken Edwards and whoever else is a friend of the show and wants to link up with us. We're not just going to be putting ourselves out there like, we're over here, come find us. But if you want to see us, shoot us a message on Twitter. Tell us you're going to be at that Chattanooga show uh, uh, in April. Is that, What is that, April 13th, Garrett? Something like that, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe it's April 13th. Look it up. Look it up on the internet. You got it. We will have some kind of uh, designator to like put out there that we, we are the Weird Al podcast while we're there. What are you saying? Something like matching shirts or something? <laughs> T-shirt, ball cap, uh, Hawaiian shirt. Uh, we will be carrying boxes of uh, tea winkies. <laughs> With the, so you'll hey those guys those are the guys that run that podcast with the hyphens drawn in so that you know yes. the, the, the proper <laughs> pronunciation the treat winkies will be uh, in our hands <laughs> <laughs> oh lord I think we might get kicked out of the venue if we carry our treat winkies in our hands <laughs> <laughs> oh right on time my wife is calling <laughs> all right we should shut this thing down for multiple reasons Gary. <laughs> Okay. This has been our first mini topic episode, and we just hit an hour, so some mini topic this one. <laughs> Good one. Good work, everybody. Go find us on the things. Talk to us on Twitter, please. There's a poll going over there currently if I get this episode out in time. Thank you for listening, and like I tell you every time I talk to you, dare to be stupid. Bye, y'all.
Me Talking Weird Al to You is a podcast on the Weird Mountain Network. Find it on weirdmountainpodcast.com or on Twitter at TalkingAlToYou. The hosts are Dakota Rimmer and Garrett Hale, and they can be found on Twitter at the underscore rumorverse and at GarrettHale89, respectively. If you'd like to talk to us about this show or any of the other ones on this network, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash weirdmountainpodcast. Consider leaving us a review on iTunes, because the world needs more good things. <laughs>